Welcome back to another episode of The Mac Rumor Show. My name is Dan Hartley. Good morning. Well, good afternoon. Man, I thought I wasn't going to do it. I had it earlier. And I didn't have it now. Anyways, good same, afternoon, sir. How are you doing? You feeling okay? I'm good. Yeah. You ready for the Vision Pro tomorrow that you can't order? <laughs> I am I am in the sense that it's going to be a peaceful day for me. I'm not going to be rushing to unbox it. I won't be distracted. And instead, I will just be intrigued. I'll be watching on Twitter or X um, and seeing what people really think. And also seeing what the YouTubers such as yourself have to ah, make of it. I was going to say, um, are you going to be watching my video by any chance? Of course. So you basically first, just first, I won't watch, I won't watch any others until I've watched yours. Well, that's a lie because I know you've seen some of the review videos that have already come yeah, out, which we will true. touch on. True. We'll, we'll touch on Vision Pro lightly because we're going to be talking about it next week. We should have a nice special guest for that one as well. Um, and we'll get into my thoughts, my personal thoughts after using it for uh, you know, almost a week at that point or a half a week, whatever. And then uh, uh, we'll get some other people's thoughts on that as well. Um, and we'll touch on the reviews that did come out earlier this week uh, later on in this episode. But I did want to start with some other things. Um, most importantly, some of the biggest news that we've had surrounding iPads, Macs, and then iOS 18. So let's start with um, the iPads and Macs because those are kind of one whole uh, bit of info that we got and that's uh we're expecting them in march like which, which we kind of already had that pegged as the timeline uh but now it looks more and more concrete that that's probably going to be the case um do you think it's going to be an event surrounding the ipads and Macs, or do you think this could be a press release we haven't heard any specific rumors about whether it will be one way or the other but my expectation is that this will be an event um there's certainly enough so. to go off here um and the difficulty is that sometimes Apple does unveil quite interesting new products via press release. Um, and some examples of that would probably be things like the original AirPods Pro, the AirPods Max. Um, but when it comes to redesigns of existing products, Apple does tend to like to show those off at events. And that is basically what this new iPad Pro is going to be. Um, it is going to be the first time this machine has been substantially redesigned or really redesigned at all, I guess, um, since 2018. So that is big enough to justify giving that quite a bit of spotlight. The other updates, not so much. So we're also expecting M3 MacBook Air models uh, in 13 and 15 inch sizes, updating both of those together. Um, and uh, two new iPad Pro, uh, two new iPad Air models. Um, in 10.9 inches, like we have right now, and then a new 12.9 inch model. But you can see that those to the iPad Air um, and the MacBook Air, they are just spec bumps, ultimately, we're not expecting new designs, there may not even be new color options. Um, so really, the the real spotlight will be on the iPad Pro, I expect. Yeah, I mean, that's enough in my eyes for an event. I, I mean, there's so much to it that I would be really disappointed if this com came out in a press release, personally. Um, I, I think that there's a lot there, especially all of the new products that we would be getting. Um, tons of, I mean, I would think this would be better than the Scary Fast Mac event, honestly. Um, so I would be shocked, but who knows? Um, I kind of forgot that the AirPods Max were just a press release. That doesn't... Like that's such yeah, a random out of the blue. Yeah, yeah, I completely forgot about that. It's been almost so too long. late for the holiday period. Um, so that was a strange that's one. Um, very. But sometimes they do this. Sometimes they do this yeah. with press releases. Even I would say stuff like reintroducing the HomePod, um, which was uh, a little over a year ago now. That was also done via press release, and at that time, um, we also got the new MacBook Pros, which were the M2. Uh, Pro and M2 Max, which were the first time we had seen those more powerful chips be iterated on. So for that to come via press release as well, it all was a lot in one go. So sometimes they do it, but March is the time that Apple likes to hold an event. Um, if we were talking about, I don't know, a uh, time like January, Apple, as far as I know, or at least uh, as far as I can remember in, in, in my lifetime, has not held an event um, in January uh, for at least like 10 years. Maybe it did for the iPhone at some point. Someone will correct me about that, I'm sure. 
but there are times of year when we don't expect it we don't expect like a july event or an august event we don't expect a january event but march is one of those times when apple historically tends to unveil new products at an event and we've got this uh this selection of ultimately six devices if you include both display sizes um which i'm sure apple will to some extent explain how those are differentiated and the different reasons why you may want the newer uh, larger ipad air so six devices is enough but who knows maybe we'll also get some other things i'm sure they're going to want to touch on vision pro um, a few months into that um, and to see uh, maybe how developers have been getting on with it what people have been getting out of it in the same way that we tend to get those little recaps of what people have been getting out of the new apple watch or uh, been shooting on the new iphone um, so I think there's more than enough to go off in Jan- uh, in March, really. Yeah, I would be all for this. I'm actually looking forward to it because I feel like all of our attention for new products has been Vision Pro that I am like, I'm not Vision Pro'd out because now we're, we're here. We're finally here and we're at the finish line to where I can actually get more new information. But like, also, I, you know, Apple does make other products and the iPad didn't get anything last year, really uh did was there and there were no new ipads at all right if i'm yeah that was the first year since the ipad uh yeah was unveiled that there were no new ipad models released at all the only sort of ipad adjacent launch there was was the apple pencil with USB-C. but obviously that's a very mm, it doesn't that, right. that device doesn't introduce any new features unless you're counting the fact that the cap uh doesn't come off so you don't lose it there are, there are basically no new features to that device. It's Underrated a design features, and entry-level product. Um, so, yeah, it's it's we're expecting quite a few iPads this year. Some of them may come later because we're also expecting refreshes for the iPad mini. We are also expecting a refresh for the entry-level iPad and to clean up what's going on at the moment where we've got the ninth gen and the 10th gen both in the lineup, um, which is very confusing. So if this year Apple can hit that lower price point, with that um, slightly more modern design that they introduced with the 10th generation iPad, um, then an 11th gen model should really be able to sweep away both the 10th and the 9th gen. But that is not expected in March. Maybe it will come in March, but we're expecting that slightly later in the year. Um, But there's also a couple of other things, I suppose, that we should flag that could come at this event. The more likely ones are these new iPad accessories. So we're expecting the iPad Pro to come with this new laptop-like quote-unquote yes um i want it so bad (laughs) and this will have a aluminium top case a larger trackpad because the trackpad even if you have the 12.9 inch model it is really small on the current magic keyboard for ipad um so i'm really interested to see what they do with that do they give it does the usb-c port now support data transfer um does it have two usb-c ports um I don't really know what else they're going to be able to do with it other than give it that trackpad. And what's the point in giving it that metal top case? Is that just purely to make it feel more like a MacBook? I don't know. Um, But I'm really interested in what they have to do with that. And I'm also interested in this potential, which is not quite so nailed down, but there have been quite a few rumors about it, which is this third gen Apple Pencil. Because we've had that second gen Apple Pencil for as long as we've had this, uh, this current iPad Pro design. So we're talking six years at this point um because that was also 2018 so there should be some worthwhile updates to bring to the apple pencil 3 maybe stuff like find my precision finding um i don't know this episode of the mac rumor show is sponsored by notion i've been using notion for a long time and it's also been the driving force for a lot of what i do here at mac rumors specifically for the podcast i have show notes podcast episode backlogs and scripts for my videos and tasks and It's just all here for me to see in one place with Notion. Notion combines your notes, documents, and projects into one space that's simple and beautifully designed. And you can leverage the power of AI right inside of Notion across all of your notes and docs without having to jump between your work and a separate AI-powered tool. Unlike other specialized tools or legacy suites that have you bouncing between six different apps, Notion is just seamlessly integrated, infinitely flexible, and beautifully easy to use. And also, fully integrated Notion AI helps you work faster, write better, think bigger, 
doing tasks that normally take you hours in just a few seconds. So save time and write faster by letting Notion AI handle the first draft, jumpstart a brainstorm, or turn your messy notes into something polished. You can even automate tedious tasks like summarizing meeting notes or finding next steps. Notion AI does all of this and more and frees you up to do the deep work. Notion is used by over half of the Fortune 500 companies, and teams that use Notion send less email, cancel more meetings, save time searching for their work, and reduce spending on tools, which helps keep everyone on the same page. So try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash macrumors. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash macrumors to try the powerful, easy to use Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. Notion.com slash macrumors. Thanks, Notion, for sponsoring this episode. Yeah, I mean, I, I I am super into the accessories for the iPad Pro. You know, you know how much I love the iPad Pro. It's my favorite product that I don't use enough, uh, that I barely ever use. So uh <laughs> I cannot wait to see what a new magic keyboard is going to be like. Um I, I love the idea of the Magic Keyboard. It is a must-have accessory for any large iPad, in my opinion. Um, the Apple Pencil, I could go either way. I really do hope that there's a new Apple Pencil that has something useful to it um, and just some bigger, better upgrades for it, but I'm not really holding my breath on that one. But yeah, the Magic Keyboard, I uh, I am super into this idea, and hopefully they can... Honestly, I want the kickstand. I, I really think the kickstand... Yeah. But, like, but like in a better way. There needs to be a better way so that you can use it on your lap and more custom, like custom tilt and like, I don't know how to describe this, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like the lap ability, my favorite word that I don't think actually exists. The lap ability needs to be better. And then when you're on your desk, we need to have a little bit more angles to deal with there. I think the way to achieve that would be to have a design a little bit like the bridge keyboard accessory where the iPad kind of oh, slots right, right. into a hinge at the back. But then give us this back piece that is currently used for the Magic Keyboard Folio on the 10th generation iPad. So it's a removable magnetic pad, which you kind of kick out as a kickstand. Um, but that's mm -hmm. removable. And that would enable me to snap on the keyboard if I want to use it uh, at a desk, say, and I don't even need to think about the kickstand. But if I don't want to use the keyboard at all, then I can use the kickstand singularly. So I think a two-piece accessory, which Apple's kind of experimented with, with that Magic Keyboard Folio for the 10th gen iPad, um, I think if they can build some sort of hinge that actually can support the iPad Pro in that, that feels like a really useful upgrade. Um, and if you combine that with a very slightly larger display, and some more software optimizations, maybe we are slowly getting there to the iPad being just a little bit more productive and a little bit more usable, which I feel like is something we're going to be debating forever about whether the iPad really is uh, capable of replacing a lot of our workflows, at least. Some people definitely are able to do it. You know, we've had Federico Vitici on the show, um, and uh, there's a lot of people out there that actually have been able to do that but I'm not one of them. Uh, I struggle uh, to to actually be able to work on the iPad. I think it's mainly a size issue. Um, for me, I would like a slightly large display, but just things don't feel as smooth. We've talked about this before, like the mm -hmm. cursor, there's something about the round cursor that just lacks that precision for me. Um, and just the overall experience, I feel like I'm working like 10% slower when I use an iPad. So if all of this stuff can come together for the, the next gen iPad Pro, then I think we're there. Um, what do you think? I I agree. Um, I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on this. You know what my favorite Microsoft laptop is? It's the Microsoft Surface Book where it had that detachable hinge. Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, that would be amazing in some way, shape, or form with Apple. Like I'm thinking iPad, but also like if they just blatantly ripped that off and made like the first ever like touchscreen MacBook to where like when you did take it off, it went into iPad OS, which is my dream, honestly, a MacBook Pro that you could detach the screen from and have like, then it turns into just a large iPad consumption device like that. That device was perfect. So either figure out a way to make it an iPad version of that with that whole accessory 
or uh, or make it a Mac. I don't think they'll do the Mac portion. So let's just focus on the iPad. If they could do that, like you said, the bridge, it was like a bridge keyboard, Microsoft Surface Book hybrid. That would be awesome. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I constantly say the same things over and over again that I want to work on my iPad. I think I've realized I don't want to work on my iPad. I will say I do want to try working on my Surface uh, or my Surface Pro, my Apple Vision Pro. I will say that. And you're going to laugh at me because check in with me in two weeks and ask me how many times I'm uh, editing video. But like, I've just, we'll talk about this more later, but the the whole integration with the Mac and then having your Vision Pro apps on the side, like that seems like a much better experience um, if you were to use that. But like, is it going to end up being another iPad for me? Who knows? I've seen people say that uh, many times like, oh, so it's just an iPad you wear on your face. It's like, eh, so... Hopefully that I, I don't want to have any more iPad slander, in my opinion. Um, also, real quick on the iPad Air, I am intrigued that there are going to be two different sizes. I don't really have any strong feelings either way. Um, but I think like if you were somebody who wanted a huge iPad and didn't want to spend thousands of dollars, this is a great option. Do we know what the price level is going to be for that? Is it going to be like $599, $799? Just guessing. I have no idea. I, I mean, that would make sense. That would make yeah. sense to me. Um, I think it also makes sense. Oh, hey, light oh, light show. Every, oh, yeah. oh, are you sparking a fire over there? <laughs> I, I hope not. Um, okay. For those of uh, you who are listening, Hartley is in a rave right now. His lights are just flickering on and off. <laughs> um, so uh, I completely forgot my train of thought now. That's um, okay. So the, uh, yeah, the iPad The price Air, point, price point, uh, price the point. The price point. I think you've got to remember that the iPad Pro uh, is expected to be a lot more expensive going forward because of these OLED displays. So there is going to be new space yeah. um, above the iPad Air. And we've complained a lot about where the iPad Air is positioned. But I think as much as this is maybe not the solution that a lot of people wanted, um, it is going to make more sense what the iPad Air is for when we have uh, a fully kitted out 13-inch uh, iPad Pro that's going to be about like $2,000 that's um, insane that's in, that's insane i'm sorry yeah i, I know that buy, OLED and is... apple would say but then buy buy an ipad air you're an ipad air customer that is yeah. the difference that they make between the the macbook pro and macbook air if you compare the 15 inch to the uh the 15 inch air to the 15 inch pro that is not too far away from that that sort of distance i'm gonna be honest with you samsung and the the their tablets like I'm almost positive their entire lineup of the S9, uh, the S9, S9 Plus, and S9 Ultra, Tab S9, I'm almost positive that all, all of them, if not the Plus and the Ultra, are OLED displays. But I'm pretty sure they're all OLED displays. They look really good, and the performance is fine. Like, I don't really do anything crazy on them, so I haven't noticed anything in terms of performance. I don't know that it's Apple Silicon-esque, but... They're really good tablets. They offer OLED. They are just as premium as what Apple is looking to do. And the price point on those, even the Ultra, the highest end 14.9 inch one, absolutely love that tablet. I'm getting comments from people and they are right still on that tablet that if Apple's going to introduce an OLED tablet, basically bumping the specs and the ideally making it the same as what I reviewed uh, last year with the Ultra, why can Samsung sell it for almost less than a thousand? I think now it retails for less than a thousand dollars. Because Samsung supplies the displays. Apple will be buying these displays partly from Samsung. So, so but, that's but why still I don't Apple's think the markup is a full other thousand dollars though. No, but it is a it's a pricey component because Samsung wants their piece of the pie. So when you buy one of these uh iPad Pros, you're also funding ultimately Samsung and their uh, ability to have heavily subsidized OLED. Good for you. For good for their own good tablets. for you, Samsung. Good for you. And so I mean, honestly, this is why Apple? That's why Apple long term is working on these um, uh, micro um, OLED displays that will yeah. be custom silicon in house. In the same way that they tried to get away from Intel with Apple Silicon, that is what they're trying to do with these displays because that is precisely the problem. I, uh, you know, I'm just I'm reflecting on this comment because I just saw it yesterday and the person said that they wanted to get an iPad with OLED displays, but like they don't want to spend over $2,000 or whatever the rumored price was. And they just wanted something that was large and had an OLED display because they like to watch films and, and just content on it. And they like the OLED look. 
and honestly, if that falls into your, like, that's who you are, you're just going to use this as a big content device, then yeah, get a Sam, like what, don't worry about the whole Samsung, Apple ecosystem, just get that one. It's just as good as what you're probably going to get from a display point of view. You don't need your ecosystem to integrate with the Netflix app and, and HBO Max and all of that. Like, it's all going to be the same. So yeah, I mean, if you're one of those people who are bummed, like, oh, I want an OLED iPad, well, just get the other one that they're literally making the same displays for and save yourself a thousand dollars. Um, yeah. So, okay. That's my, Oh, we didn't really talk about the MacBook air 13 and 15, but we're not really, uh, expecting a whole lot there. Right. And just yeah. M3 chip. Yeah. Just the M3 chip. Who knows if there'll be some other minor improvements. Maybe that will Random. also affect the battery life. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Apple will tell us a little bit more about the gaming potential of sure. the M3. I would love it if they would introduce the M3 Pro to that 15-inch model or even the 13-inch model um, and provide a slightly more powerful chip because I think there is a segment that is not too interested in the Pro features, even of that entry-level MacBook Pro where you think, I don't need that mini-LED display um, and I don't want the heavier design I want maybe the 15-inch MacBook Air. I want all the advantages that that 15-inch form factor offers on that device, but I would like a slightly more powerful chip. Um, I don't know if that will happen, but it would be it would make this update feel a little bit more worthwhile. I think there's room for chip options um, yeah. in that product line. Yeah, I mean, it's always, it's the best laptop. It'll just continue to get better. I mean, the best laptop for the everyday person, for sure. Uh, and the one that I always recommend. Um, okay. Before we get into uh, Vision Pro and the reviews, let's touch on what we got a bombshell. Not a whole lot of information aside from German saying that now iOS 18, which we were kind of, we talked about, we did a whole iOS 18 episode. We'll probably do another one as we get closer to June. But we talked about like, oh, this is going to be a lot of AI. And since we don't really have a whole lot of other information uh, with this this report, um, it could very well just mean that there's a lot of AI features, but I'm kind of getting the sense of like, this could be uh, a redesign. So the, the, the headline was that this is going to be iOS, iOS 18 is going to be the biggest iOS update, the most significant update since its release, like in history, right? Am I getting that correct? Um, so I'm thinking redesign. Are you thinking redesign or are you just thinking, oh, there's going to be a lot of new features? I am not thinking redesign. Why? Uh, why do you have to? Why do you have to ruin everything, Harley? I just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just don't. I don't <laughs> think that that is. Uh, I don't think Apple is ever going to move away from that grid of icons with those. Uh, I'm not saying that. I'm not. Well, I think and, you don't think they'd go circular icons now after the Vision Pro. I would like them to, but uh, I me too. too. I like them. I think they're too iconic and distinctive. Um, sure. And the fact that they actually brought them over to the Mac, to me, suggests that that is what they want to do in the same way that uh, the Apple Watch has always had circular icons, even though that is actually the actual shape of the device is far more like an app icon shape. Um, they wanted to have circular icons to delineate that platform. And Vision OS also uses these circular icons. I don't know if we'll ever see them come to the uh, iOS or iPad OS. Um, I sort of wish they would, but I think Apple is very careful with how they actually make changes to iOS because a lot of people like us and in the tech sphere, we always want something new. But the reality yeah. is that when this update uh, in September drops on a lot of ordinary people's devices, if it is too different and if there is too like, much, what familiar, the hell is this? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so that's why they that's why they have to be a little bit gentle and do things slowly. And I think that considering what Mark Gurman mostly has talked about, um, I think that he is referring to AI. And I can see that if Apple's large language model that they are developing is really good, maybe it is actually better than GPT-4. Um, if Apple opens that up with a series of APIs, if they are going to present that in the health app, if they're going to have that closely integrated in notes and in Safari, if they're going to have that in messages, if they're going to integrate that across pages and keynote and numbers, and now Siri can build shortcuts for you. And the shortcuts themselves can be 
run directly from Siri, but then also build new shortcuts from shortcuts. And it's just getting into crazy stuff that's able to work across multiple apps and online accounts. And we're going to forget about that Rabbit R1 uh, device if if this is really what the iPhone is going to be capable of come June. Um, yeah. And I hope that's what it is, because that would be massive. And that would be system-wide, but it would not make people angry if you don't use it it wouldn't be in your face it will just be there for you to mm -hmm. kind of unlock this in the background that's kind of my expectation yeah i'm i, I just really wanted to, i don't want to redesign i'll be honest <laughs> with you <laughs> no i i agree i mean i guess when i said i'm i'm thinking redesign i was i need to rephrase that i'm hoping redesign mm. but we don't again he mark german he did not specify but did say that you know he'll eventually let us know what all the new features are he didn't say what all the new changes like if i hear changes i feel like that thinks like more like visual changes and stuff but features implies that so obviously we know we're expecting rcs it just makes plenty of sense for rcs to be uh unveiled at um at wwdc if at all i mean does apple really need to uh, talk about i guess so i wouldn't be surprised if like when they talk about messages during ios 18 they will mention that that makes the most sense um but then you know all the siri getting smarter ai features and stuff like i don't know i feel like samsung kind of paves the way i hate to keep bringing them up but like they introduced a slew of like almost all of the changes for the new phones were like hey we took the titanium build okay don't need to talk but like the rest of it was like we didn't change anything else but we did add a bunch of ai features and it's like okay and they are useful so like I would love to see that implemented in in Siri and then determine whether or not I'm going to actually use them. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm still thinking redesign. Control Center needs to be redesigned. Didn't we talk about this two years? We talked about this for years. This was last year. It <laughs> yeah. was specifically rumored that Control Center redesign. I think that is one area that really could benefit from a redesign. But yeah. just in terms of my personal preference, I would like to see that just a little shift back towards uh, skeuomorphic design not too much but i like how with mac os the icons just have that little bit more depth um mm -hmm. a little bit more use of shadow um and i think it's just a more playful design because looking back on it if you ever look back at the design of ios 7 it's almost like they went too far johnny ive went too far with that flat design um and it does feel a little bit sort of cold and um it's lost its whimsy and I preferred the uh, the sort of whimsical approach of when you're in the the notes app and you can see the the binder in the margin and I wouldn't go that far now <laughs> um, and I'm not going to suggest that you know macOS moves back to Aqua um, but I think that in the same way that the Mac has slowly created its own little um, design ethos with this slight sort of um, uh, added depth. Um, it's sort of difficult to articulate, but I, I think you know what I'm, I mean with those yeah. icons. They're, they're, they're just a little bit more fun. Um, I would I'm looking really like at iOS that. 7 right now. Uh, what, okay, so we did this with the Mac last week. Uh, we did like our favorite Mac OS releases. Real quick before we jump into the final segment of Vision Pro reviews and stuff. What was your favorite iOS release? Is it 7? Yeah, it is. I, mean, I, loved, I love it and hate it because mm -hmm. I, in retrospect, I do not actually like the design very much. Um, I do find it too sort of flat and unfinished. Um, I think it's 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 almost too minimalistic. But the reason why it's my favorite is just because of the nostalgia of it. And I remember just being blown yeah, away by that too. design I... when it came out and thinking this changes everything. Um, and I remember sitting around um, and I was sitting with some friends and waiting for that update to come in. And we all had our, all had our iPhones out. We were all trying to download it as fast as possible. And it's just sort of wrapped up in nostalgia for me. But would I want to go back to iOS 7? No. I don't know, man. I'm kind of looking at it right now, and I I don't hate it. Uh, my design choices are bad sometimes. <laughs> like, I'm looking at the control center. I kind of like this more than what we have now. Yeah. It's far I, I... more clean and systematic. It's like, here are your toggles up top. Um, you don't have to click into things. Like, I, I think we've kind of like gotten way too into the weeds with like hiding more options when in mm. reality it's just like give us this like minimal approach and just let us change what we want 
and make that more like, okay, you know, here's six, what is it? Six, there's five icons at the top, right? Airplane mode, uh, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, do not disturb, and the rotation lock. Uh, if this image that I'm looking at, yeah, I think this is this is all accurate. I don't remember do not disturb being in iOS 7. Was that really that long of a feature? I believe so. That's wild. Okay, anyways, uh, like that's five icons. We have a lot more options, I feel like, with the regular ones, or we just have more things to click into. Just let us customize and like add the I, things that we think are useful. I also think the big difference is that the way the control center used to work was that used to swipe up from the bottom, and this was the same on the iPad, and it didn't dominate the entire display. So you wouldn't feel removed yeah. from your content. And when you yep. were toggling things, it did not take over the whole screen. Whereas if you're using your 12.9 inch iPad Pro right now, and you go into control center, and you want to change to a different Wi Fi network, you may as well have used settings, because it just yeah. it takes over <laughs> just... the entire display to just no, change no, the no. Wi Fi setting. But it's just a li that's the thing that needs to friggin' change right now. It takes up like the smallest amount of your screen of yeah. actual things that you're doing, but your whole screen is blurred. Why? Why are we but still even, doing that? Even those segments that do appear when they uh, when they do, they take up a ludicrous amount of space. Like right now, I'm looking at uh, I've just long pressed into one of the menus, and all of the icons are super spaced out. I don't know yeah. why they're, they're, they're so far spaced out. Right. It's almost like the call screen. Um, and yeah. I feel like it just takes me out of um, whatever I'm doing. Um, and I don't even really like the quick shortcuts at the bottom um, that you can configure and the way that you just have to sort of layer those up in settings. I mean, it is overdue. It's definitely overdue. And I would be very surprised if with iOS 18, that wasn't actually... Um, wasn't actually uh, completely like, redesigned i mean it was rumored last year for a reason i don't think that was a fictitious rumor i think apple were just too hesitant to actually do it last year for whatever reason i just think more control over your pun intended control center would be like and just like let us lay out like i i actually i'm looking back at this ios 7 again i really like this i know we can't swipe up from the bottom anymore because you know gestures um but I, I loved this. I think if you can bring this back and then give us some more custom options and modernize it, that would be awesome. Figure out a way to bring it down from the top. Also, I'm looking at this other thing. Is this, what is this? This is the today all in mist. Is this notification shade? I don't remember yeah. this. Yeah. This I is good. So. It's got Monday, was, June 10th that. on it. Go ahead. Yeah, that was from Apple's era of kind of being interested in glances on the Apple Watch and compiling yeah. this information and widgets and i like that i i don't actually yeah. really like the way that um notification center works right now i feel like it's way too overcrowded i don't ever look through all my mm -hmm. notifications um and likewise at the moment do i really need a separate screen of widgets when i swipe uh left on the home screen uh it, it no, feels that like a bit of a dead space i I wonder what that's for. And actually, this old sort of today concept, give me a different area, a purposeful area, um, mm -hmm. surface the widgets that I'm interested in and the notifications and some other contextual information from Siri in there. Um, I was going to really say, bring this, see. I was going to say, bring this today view back, put that in the, whatever the widget center is now. Um, and I like this. It's like, here's the date, here's the weather, here's what you have going on in your calendar. Then use AI be invasive if you wanted to obviously let you know figure out your privacy settings but i'm gonna allow it if it's gonna make my life better L go read through my text messages read through my emails figure out what i have coming this day or like something that i haven't answered that needs pressing put that at the top of my like to-do list basically make that my siri ai infused to-do list like hey so and so your wife asked you if you wanted to go uh you know, to dinner on Friday, you have not responded directly to this yet. Like, did you want to answer that now? Or you've got an email saying that this report is due, you know, let's want me to add this, I'm going to add this to your list of reminders and stuff like do that automatically. I don't know. I think that's a cool looking like section here that I completely forgot about. Yeah. I like it's really it. good. Yeah. I'm we're getting out, we're getting out of, out of hand with some of our ideas here, but I could go on for, forever about what i would like to see changed but ultimately we'll have to wait until uh our rumor lord mark Gurman gives us more information <laughs> um but we do have concrete video proof of how the vision pro works 
from non-curated uh, reviews, basically. Apple was not there, at least we don't think Apple was there, to uh, handhold anyone through the demos. People were given a review device and a very select few. Um, there were some videos out there, but uh, and and people got to go wild. Hartley, after watching that, I've seen some people ask this question. And uh, to me, it seemed as if everybody was very lukewarm now on the whole thing. Or, I don't know, I'm like confused. I see people being like, like the videos themselves, the people's reactions. Everyone seemed kind of like, eh. there's one video in particular that I'm thinking of where it was like a lot of nice things were said in the most like condescending tone, like negative tone. And I'm like, why are you saying these nice things, but you like look so upset about it? And I kind of just felt like no one was super excited about this. And so then I also see some parts of the internet saying like, wow, the reviews were really good. And I'm like, I feel like we were watching different videos. So with that said, has your opinion on Vision Pro changed after watching the reviews? Uh, it has changed, actually. Oh, um, okay. I should for better or worse? About, uh, for worse. Um, my oh, no. position on Vision Pro was when it was unveiled, I was kind of a bit... Um, I was a bit surprised by how it was unveiled. I, I felt like it wasn't brilliantly presented at WWDC, um, and I I wasn't I was struggling to buy into it. Um, but as the months went on, and as we've talked about it more, and we've and you've told me about your experience using it, and mm -hmm. I've sort of more information has come out about the apps and I've been thinking about it far more, and I got more and more and more interested, and it got to the point where. Uh, when we found out about the launch date, um, and although I can't buy it in the UK, I was thinking yeah. about, well, when it when it does come, am I going to be um, in line on day one, figuratively, waiting for um, this device? And I was thinking, go back a week. Yes, I'm going to be there. Um, I am really excited for this. I wasn't when it was first unveiled. I don't know why it made me kind of feel a little bit deflated when I finally saw it after writing about this thing for years. Um, but I was so into it um, about a week ago. And now I've seen these reviews. I feel deflated again. Um, oh, no. And I, I, I actually have sort of surprised myself. And I've spoken to some of the people um, who have been using it recently as well. Um, and they also kind of feel that. And it's, it's, uh, it's obviously not a universal experience. But I think what it is, it's a first generation product. And it is going to be the best mixed reality headset um, that is on the market um, and should be a brilliant, as much as Apple doesn't want you to use these terms, augmented reality, virtual reality, it will be the best augmented reality experience that you can buy right now. Um, okay, I got I'm going to stop you right reviews. there for a second. I'm going to stop right there. So wait, you, 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 you still think that all of those things that you just said, um, I still think that it will be the best uh, AR, VR experience that money can buy. But I think the okay. reason why my faith has been shaken a little bit and why I'm intrigued um, is because a lot of these reviews raise questions like, why? why? Why are we actually doing this? Should we be doing this? Why not? Everyone um, else, because... there, are other, there are other headsets that exist. Why can't Apple do one? Because it's not that they can't do it. It's that maybe they shouldn't have. And maybe they didn't know until they, they've they tried it. And they've done it in the best way that it could conceivably be done. And what I mean by that is... But you just... But but hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back. I want it because I don't want to lose okay. this point. You just said that they would be the best at it already. That you think it's going to be the best one out there. So... Yeah. Why is it that they should have, that they shouldn't have done one if they are already without even even being saying, out to the masses? I'm saying yet? in re I, I'm saying I don't know if they should or shouldn't have done it, but I'm saying that what okay. I think is emerging is that it's kind of unclear if this is the best that some of this stuff is going to be, and it is not a great experience. Um, what does that mean? If if this is absolutely the best experience, and people are coming away from it feeling like actually, I really don't know what where this fits into my life. Um, or I really don't know how long I can actually wear that before my head starts hurting. If that's sure. the best, if that is absolutely the, 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 the gold standard of the experience, 
Um, and if it has all of this incredible technology, which undoubtedly is extremely impressive, um, but it somehow is falling short, not in terms of how impressive the experience is, but in terms of how useful it is. And let's take the example of the eyesight feature. I think a lot of people will agree, looking at these reviews, that it isn't particularly flattering, the eyesight. Um, and that is why Apple maybe has kept that under wraps um, for quite a while. It does not look fantastic. Um, it does depend on, I think, your face and how large the headset is on your face. Um, jump in. I'm very confident. That the, I'm very confident that that's going to be the first thing that gets cut. I, I do agree. I think the only thing that I agree on from the reviews is that everybody universally said eyesight is not good. And uh, just visually looking at it, it does not look good. It does not look like anything that Apple advertised. Like the fact that you can see like a reflective glare and like the pixelation of the display on the front. Like, I don't, I don't really know what I'm looking at there, but if there's something covering the eyes and pretty much everything I've seen, uh, it just does not, it doesn't look good. So yes, I agree with you on that. I also saw something and I don't know if this was a joke or like a misinformation tweet. I feel like I saw a tweet that said that this started as like a joke internally at Apple and then uh, like somehow got picked up as like a real thing that got put into the headset. I don't know if I believe that, but also looking I at it, I could, I, but also looking at it, I could totally see that. I could totally see I, people I, joking I, about like, oh, we should be able to see your eyes through it. And then someone was like, you know, it's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> I was so into the idea of eyesight as well. I think I was more into it than other people were because mm -hmm. Apple's ultimate vision here and what they wanted to do um, since before this project really got underway was provide AR glasses and to have an experience where you're not closed off from the world. So eyesight is a, is a brilliant idea to to make you feel or make other people around you. It's, it's a unique uh feature in that it's a screen that's not for you you're never going to see it when you buy that device it's for right. the people around you and i kind of love that and i love the way that um it's intended to put other people at ease and make it feel less of an insular experience but where my hesitation comes in is if this is the best that that can be and the best that that can look right now in the industry in a consumer device maybe this tells us more about this form factor and and what this sort of thing is right now um so i don't know i hope i'm i hope i'm explaining myself well enough because this is kind of a hard thing to to articulate that no another example maybe a better example would be the keyboard so do do yeah, do mean, we really want to to do that and even with uh maybe another example would be you actually are not really touching a, a whole lot or using your hands a whole lot you're basically using a mouse um, which is something I hadn't really thought about before, that you're using your eyes as a mouse. It's a, it's a, like a secondary input mechanism. But when I use my iPhone and I actually touch the display, I'm touching the icon with my finger, that's more direct. So I'm actually having a, a more sort of personal, direct touch experience with an iPhone or an iPad than I am with this headset. Um, and that confuses me because I feel like this should be more hands-on, but then I get you don't want to... You don't want to have uh, fatigue from doing that. So I hope that you can see what I mean, that I'm just a bit confused by it all now. Um, and it makes me question if this is the best it's going to be. What does that mean? I mean, I think, I don't think it's this this current generation, obviously, it's not going to be the best. And you know that. Right. They will fix right. and improve. Unless they completely scrap it, they will reiterate and fix things that were the stuff that we're bringing up. This further also cements that Vision Pro is not ever going to replace anything for you. It is never, ever, I can take this to my grave. I feel fairly confident that a VR, AR headset in this current form factor, and I don't think I'm really saying anything groundbreaking, it's never going to replace fully your iPhone, ever. It's never going to replace a computer, or I think it would be very hard for it to replace the traditional computer, especially with work and, you know, not, you have to engage with people as much as we'd all like to shut out our coworkers at times. You do need to engage with people physically if you're in an office setting or whatever. And it's just like, that's just not feasible for people's jobs, but it could definitely be an incredible supplemental tool, an incredible 
you know, gaming device in the future if Apple decides to lean into that. An incredible entertainment device, which is what I think it all probably already is. And it's only going to get better as more people create content for it specifically. Apps are created for it specifically. It's a great supplemental tool. Is it expensive? Yes. And I think that's where 99% of the confusion lies. Why does this exist? Why do we need this? It's because it's $3,500. If Apple made this exact same Apple Vision Pro and priced it at $650, everyone would lose their minds and they would buy it up and it would be the hottest selling thing on earth right now. Because people are generally interested in AR, VR headsets, but Apple and you know major, you know, Google, Samsung, Apple, top three companies. Yes, Meta and Quest and all that. that. They're the ones killing it right now. But I still don't see my mom and dad asking me, what is it you know, about? They never once asked me about that. They've asked me about Apple Vision Pro. It's Apple, for God's sakes. Anything they do catches the eyes of someone who is five years old and 95 years old. It is just how it works. And so they have put this category now on the map. And so now everyone's interests are peaked. Unfortunately, they put it with a $3,500 price tag. So it's very easy for 99% of those people to just be like, yeah, I'm never going to get that. But if this becomes something that they iterate on and make something cheaper, you know, we already have Zuckerberg saying that he wants to be the Android of, of, of headsets. He's fine with it. He's like, yeah, no, if it's going to mean that everyone's going to come to my cheaper headset and buy it because they're now interested in this space because of Apple, like I'm totally down for that. I don't know. I just feel like this, the, the, the end goal is clearly they want AR because it's something that you can wear on your face at all times. You can wear glasses. And I don't know when or if that's ever going to happen, but I could see it being something that could eventually replace a lot of devices for you if it works well. We already see glimpses of things. I think it was Joanna Stern's video where she showed like cooking and putting the timers and things over specific yeah. like pots and parts of it that is something that i didn't think about and i don't need it right now but it's super useful and imagine having the recipes now like locked into what you're doing and having different things throughout your entire house be locked in then when you take the glasses off those things don't aren't there you can put bits and pieces of personal information to you in the spots that you need them but no one else can see them. That's super cool. Like that, that's useful. And that could be coming down the road. But as of right now, we have an entertainment device that could also do a lot of work for specific things. And it's just kind of all around something that isn't, you know, you don't need to buy it at all. You don't need to buy this. But if you did, you would ultimately, I feel like you wouldn't be disappointed in it at all because the hardware is there, because the software is on its way there. And it's mostly the hardware, honestly. I've used my MetaQuest five times, maybe, in the months that I've had it. I have no desire to pick that up and use it. I feel like that's not going to be the case with Vision Pro in the sense that I am an Apple user. It fits in the ecosystem. It already works. I don't need to figure out how to do anything. I don't need to position this on my head to get it to look good. It'll do that for you. And the fact that the main things that people are saying are really, really good about it is like the stuff that I feel is really important for a new product. I'm confused as to why everybody is like, oh, not super excited about just the technology that we're getting from Apple on this. I don't know. That's just my whole long spiel, spiel no, about I think that it. Makes, I think that makes perfect sense. And I should say that while I feel deflated, I'm still hopeful. I'm still hopeful about particularly a second generation um, of this device. Sure. And I'm interested even as soon as June, what are they going to show us with Vision OS 2? Um, yeah. I'm really interested to see what they're able to, to provide with that experience. And even if we don't get a new uh, fully-fledged high-end Apple headset until 2027 is what we're expecting, there is nothing to say that we won't have new headbands before then that maybe make the device more comfortable, that we won't yeah. have significantly iterated software um, and input. Um, so I, I'm hopeful. Um, I'm definitely going to be a customer for the second generation. Um, knowing me, I will still cave. I will still buy the first generation. And I hope I was gonna uh, say. that it is brilliant. But I, I, I pick up on it too, um, what you picked up on, that these reviews, they feel a little bit lukewarm. And the hardware, I think everyone agrees this is seriously impressive hardware. And no other company would be able to pull things together in the way that Apple has to provide this product. But 
it does feel a little bit first gen because it is first gen. Um, I mean, yeah, that's but, that's why I'm confused. Why everyone's confused? Yeah. Like, what are we? What are the expectations? If it's to be better than what you have out on the market, isn't it not already better in in but like most I, I think categories? That's because Apple has said that it's something different. You know, it's said that it's it's not AR VR. It's spatial well, computing. Um, that's their and, that's their fault for being really weird about how they market things. That's 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 an issue that I can f- totally agree with you on. That doesn't. Yeah, it's their fault for that, but and I think that it's almost like the the marketing was a little bit. Um, I found it understated at the event, but then since I've rewatched it and thought about it in the subsequent months, I found it like I I sort of bought into this idea of spatial computing and was really thinking about how this would change things. Um, but now I'm I'm not so sure because it does just seem like, I, and it pains me to say it. But if I'm to believe what these reviews say, it does seem like another AR VR headset. Yeah. Okay. So let me, let me, uh, I hope everybody's still listening at this point and they didn't just like, oh yeah, okay, well, we'll see. And then took all my words at face value and didn't hear the disclaimer of, I have only used it once for 45 minutes. I was blown away comparing it to all of the other headsets that I've ever used. I have not used it. I mean, by the time you're listening to this, I am currently using it. All of this could change by the next episode. <laughs> I just want you to know that a lot of thoughts could change. I don't think it will because I still don't have the expectations of like this being something I have to use at all times. And then I'm just like absolutely in love with. But I think it's going to be something that I do use for. I'm just excited. to. I want to watch a movie on it. I want to see more content developed for, for it. I'm excited to like, I'm going to try to actually work with it and see if I can edit a full video basing it as my monitor for my Mac and have other useful things around me. And hopefully I can do that. And if it ends up being something that I can't do because I'm getting really sick, well, then I then I, I agree that this thing might be kind of dead. But I, I think Apple should not have advertised it as something that's, I mean, it it is more than another VR headset. We have to admit yeah. that though. It is because it's all like we said, and like all the people who have said, wow, the reviews were great. And I'm saying the reviews didn't seem that good. They're doing what I'm doing. They're picking up on all the positives that everybody is saying and how much better it is than the competition. But I think everyone was expecting it to be this life changing, different product. And I just never got that. So I guess that's why I'm still grounded to like the expectations of it being like, well, it just needs to be better than my meta quest because I that's the best one that's out right now. I think that's maybe I don't know what I would have what I would have liked and maybe what would have tempered expectations correctly in retrospect for me would have been if they unveiled this device to keep the price point the same that's fine that doesn't bother me for for the purposes of what I'm talking about here which is marketing but almost almost admit that this is uh, a developer kit admit that this is for enthusiasts but when you're you're kind of presenting it in marketing as though this really is for everyone this is a device for everyone that everyone should kind of save up this money and head down to their Apple store, try it out and buy it. When they are showing it like that, it sets my expectations very high. And I feel like I I would be, not just me, I think a lot of people would be a lot more understanding about what this is doing if they said, this is where we want to go. And this is where we're, this is where we're starting. Um, so come with us on the journey. If you want to be with us on the journey and see how we we iterate on this with software and see the kind of things that we want to achieve with this, um, then come with us on that journey. And we're going to, for the first time with any Apple product, you're going to be with us on that journey. Um, then but- I feel like people would have would have been way more optimistic about this. Yeah, I think the marketing, you know, you, you were, they hyped it up to be something different and more revolutionary per se. But doesn't Apple do that with all of its products? I mean, how many times do we hear the iPhone is the best iPhone yet? And this is a revolutionary phone. Like, it's a phone, man. It's the same as every other phone in the sense of, like, what it does and what it can do. But everybody still buys it. And there are so many things that, like, we have to attribute Apple to being the leader of because they did it and they promoted it. And I just don't see that being any different with this for certain things. But it is something that you have to put on your face. So... And that the, right and there. The, difference with... is that the the other devices are indispensable products. Even something like the right. iPad. If you don't have a Mac, your iPad is indispensable. 
Um, your yeah. AirPods are. Oh, this isn't going to be indispensable. This isn't going to be. That's why I've said from the beginning. No, I, and that's but that's that's why I think it 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 is different. Um, and yeah. it's kind of tricky when you're saying, oh, you know, you 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 should put this headset on and go and record pictures of your and videos of your kids um, with this when you're you know at, down at the beach. Bring your tra- Vision Pro travel case, put your battery pack in your pocket, and go and record some videos. And you're just oh, presenting no. that. You like, should you definitely know, just. You should definitely not do that. If it was instead like, look at this cool thing. Just this isn't this just a really cool experience? If you want to try out this this really cool experience and try out some other stuff of where we're going, yeah, you've got to pay thirty five hundred dollars. But you know, you're along for the ride. Um, maybe that's just where it's missed for me a little bit. But I'm sure other people would disagree. I'm sure there's a a lot of factors I've not thought of with that. But it's not a finished product. And it's nowhere near as finished as even something like the first gen iPad was. If you didn't own, uh, or if say you had a, a home desktop PC in 2011, and you buy an iPad, right off the bat, even though that iPad is very early on, that thing is indispensable to you suddenly for watching YouTube, for reading email, even though that is an early device. The same goes with the iPhone, the same goes even with stuff like the Apple Watch. Suddenly I can measure my heart rate and track my fitness in a way that's a huge amount better than anything else on the market like a Fitbit. All of these other things were indispensable right off the bat. This one is different. Yeah. I uh, I think it is the same as an Apple Watch in the sense of like people were down on it and then it really picked up speed, like picked up steam and became this thing. But I don't know that it's going to do that. That's my problem mm. because it's such a different form factor though. An Apple Watch is on your wrist. I also though i never liked wearing watches ever i'm like that's annoying i don't want that and now i don't go anywhere without it so it's it's something that maybe we have to learn how to do i still think putting something on your face that large is a tough ask but you know i it could very well be the the next thing that we have in our homes for personal consumption spatial computing as apple would say uh but then we still go on and live our lives normally i i you know i am excited to see the first person that's not me wearing one on a plane um i don't know that i you know i joke about like oh i'm excited to use it on a plane i am but i'm also you know kind of feeling self-conscious about bringing one on a plane i'm gonna be quite honest with you i feel like i'm gonna look like a complete idiot and uh you know you should definitely uh, for for the young kids out there you should definitely not care about what other people think of you to it to a degree like just live your life it's fine but you know, where I'm human and I'm going to feel a little weird or people judging me um, as I'm sitting in couch in the middle seat <laughs> wearing a $3,500 headset. I think everyone's thoughts are going to be like, that guy has poor decisions. Uh, he just makes poor financial choices. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I definitely don't think you should go out and buy one. I mean, you should, Hartley, because you're a tech enthusiast. If you had $35 plus $100 of disposable income, then yes, you should definitely try to get on the forefront of that because I think you'd be interested in it. But no, no one should go buy this. Go buy a MetaQuest. It's like $400. Who cares? Like, use one of those. Um, but you're just not going to have the same experience. That's all. And at least in my early opinion, that could change. And I'm excited to see what our guest has to say about it and then what you think about it after we've told you. And I don't know if you would try. Would you try to go? How would you get one? Like have somebody here ship it to you, like have me buy it and then ship it to you. Although even then, are you going to fly uh, out? You, I couldn't use my Apple ID. They, they've region locked the Apple IDs. So I'd have yeah, to so how would that work? Apple ID, um, which would be really like annoying because then I'm not going to carry over my subscriptions and my purchases uh so i'm gonna just have to wait i'm gonna have to wait so wait what how how would you do that you'd have to create an apple id like in the u.s yeah i'd have to create a u.s apple id somehow i you'd have to be how i would do that i was gonna say could you do that vpn or would you have to physically be here to do that and then take it with you and then would it yeah i mean vpn i would have thought would be fine but um, I, I don't know how that's that's even set up or how I would do that. But I, I mean, there's nothing stopping me asking someone like you to send me one. Um, sure. But I just, you know, the Apple ID thing is is a little too much um, to ask. And I would want to have a, a fuller experience. I don't want to feel like I can't carry over all my stuff and have my iMessages and everything else. Because at that point, why don't I just get a Meta headset? I just, yeah. I, I need the ecosystem 
to really complete that experience for me. So hopefully it won't be long. And I think expecting before WWDC. So a couple of months um, and it should be over here. I think that's that's one of the uh, things that's going to change it for me as well is that it like I signing up with Meta like it's not hard, but it's just like, okay, I got to go and create a Meta account now and I got to go do this. And like, I don't want to link my Facebook. I don't want to do any of that. I just want to turn it on and enter in one email address and password like your Apple ID. And then I just want all my stuff to move on over. And that's what you're going to get with Apple Vision Pro. And you're not going to get that with others because unless you're in a different ecosystem, maybe you have a meta phone. God, imagine if they made a phone. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'm completely being, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not serious. Anyways. All right. Catch us next week. Uh, that'll be, one last Vision Pro deep dive until we give it a little bit of a break. Maybe we'll mention some things here and there, but I'm sure you guys, if you're not at all interested in this, I'm sorry, but it's just, it's the only thing going on right now that we got to cover. Um, and then we'll move into like iPads and stuff in in, the, in March. Um, yeah. All right. We'll catch you guys in the next episode. See ya. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.